0: You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Today we'll be discussing high risk caries patients and the importance of bioactivity. Our guest is Dr. Hugh Flax. He's known for his leadership in cosmetic dentistry. He was a past president of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry, and he has lectured and authored here and abroad on lasers, smile design, and advanced restorative techniques. Dr. Flax, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Phil, it's great to be here. So, let me begin the podcast with a pretty simple question. Among our patient population, do you see an increase of high risk caries patients? And if so, why?
1: Well, actually, you know, this is, I've, I've seen this going on for quite a while, uh, almost the last 20 years. And, and certainly, you see this in plenty of um, uh, regular. Media channels that we've had, we've been living on high carb diets for quite a while. And when you're on a high carb diet, you're increasing the acidity in your mouth, increasing the or decreasing the pH. And that makes the teeth start to uh, break down over time. And um, with that demineralization, uh, you start to see things that you just never saw before. Somebody that, like, I, I got college students that go off and i give them the talk about you know don't drink red bull and they you know they've been in the no cavity club and then they come back with cavities and i i said i told you but here here's something that's really been uh tough and you know they talk about the pandemic i've seen an epidemic of increased decay in people's mouths one is a lot of people have not been going back to the dentists regularly but their their diets have really suffered um they uh have even more carbs in their diet, and then the stress and the cracks have caused uh, almost uh, a diabolical amount of decay in people's mouths, and especially with my senior patients. It's been um, very sad to see.
0: Traditionally, with high-risk caries patients. What were we doing in the past, or what do we continue to do now as a traditional treatment for high-risk patients, and what are some of the things we need to think about going forward?
1: Well, what we're doing now is actually a reverse of what we were taught in school, because we were taught extension for prevention. We were taught um, it was almost like an outside in that you could see the cavities on the x-rays. Well, I've I've found in the last, uh, actually, 17 18 years since I started using lasers and and seeing the demineralization the loss of calcium and phosphate from teeth instead of it being an outside in uh, Type of decay. It's actually the demineralization starts on the inside and all of a sudden you see teeth that just collapse on the inside and so we've been very very uh, Diligent with our patients using the camber protocol here is management by risk assessment protocol And um, we've taken a lot of time to manage people's pH uh, and done some uh, bioluminescence testing. And that's allowed us to see who is high risk. And with high risk, we can determine by looking at the x-ray, should we treat or should we um, try to remineralize their teeth along the way?
0: What is the effect uh, in the patient population on age alone. We're essentially in a period now where our population is aging. I don't know how many millions of people will be over the age of 65 by 2040, just huge numbers. Uh, I wish I had that number handy, but I don't. How does that affect the high-risk caries group, and how does it affect clinicians treating them?
1: Well, um, as people of age, not only their, do their diets start to change, especially those who become more edentulous and they can't chew as well, or uh, over time they've over-chewed and they've worn down their teeth. Their diets have gotten affected. They can't eat as efficiently as they they used to. And so we're dealing with that in the mouth. And then on top of that, we're dealing with people who are losing the dexterity uh, to floss. And we've had to come up with new and improved ways for our patients to uh, take care of their teeth, whether it's, um, I'm, amazed my hygienist and I have actually been pushing irrigation a lot more than we used to. The irrigators, one, have gotten a whole lot better, uh, but people are losing the ability as they get older to floss. And thankfully, we've got irrigators, we've got uh, ultrasonic brushes and things like that that give them a fighting chance, uh, as well as trying to remineralize their teeth with uh, different types of toothpaste and, and less abrasive toothpaste so that they have a fighting chance to avoid decay in their mouth.
0: When we talk about restorations, <clears throat> some of the important things about a restoration, obviously, and this is very obvious to our audience, is a tight seal, right? We have to have a, a very close adaptation of the restoration to the margins. Um, mm-hmm. We wanna maintain a higher pH environment, right? Because sure. uh, a low pH is acidity, higher pH is gonna be antibacterial, and also, obviously, we're not gonna get as much breakdown. Um, and then, of course, remineralization, the whole remin process. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about why that's all important and how we could get that to work in our restorations.
1: Well, it's, it's absolutely critical that um, we find if we're going to restore the teeth, we want to restore them uh, at least to the original level, but also give those teeth uh, in our patients a chance to succeed. Uh, my, my mom, God bless her, she went through what she would call the gerber wheel of dentistry. And that led to a lot of the fears that she had. And, and she was from New York, she would pol- she would colorize that with an F word that I won't mention. But if you're from New York, you know which one I'm talking about. Hmm. And um, what I, I've learned along the way is, um, and this is actually better dentistry through chemistry, is that we want to have a restoration that um, one is not acidic so it's it's basic it's alkaline and by doing that we also want to leverage the chemistry that has been available in dentistry for a while and in different products uh, that will allow for continuous calcium release um, continuous fluoride release and when you do that you actually allow those things to happen, you actually uh, can induce hydroxyapatite formation. And and that's um, the most optimum thing we can ever do. Besides conserving tooth structure, if we can leverage these things and make the tooth stronger over a longer, longer period of time and get this hydroxyapatite uh, formation. You actually conceal the tooth, decrease those marginal gaps, and it continues to uh, allow the patient to fight off more erosion and more dissolution of the rest- restoration the beauty in all this is that using this chemistry you can uh, allow that that calcium and hydroxy hydroxyl ions inside these products that can react with the phosphates in the in the saliva and that will allow the tooth to constantly be fed uh, over time and make it stronger over time. That, that neutralizes the effects of plaque and acids sticking to the teeth and the, your, our patients have a fighting chance.
0: So that's what you mean by bioactivity? Yes, exactly. Okay, so we're talking about using bioactive materials that have this hydroxyapatite formation ability, which is critical at the margins, right? Because it actually grows to structure between the inside of the restoration and the tooth
1: really you know for for someone who graduated dental school in the 1980s and we were taught gv black type things and we're using silver and all these things it, it it's absolutely um mind-boggling that we can do these things uh but i've, I've seen the research on it I've, I've used it on my own patients and it's like i, I count my blessings that this is available to me is my I, I bought a practice a few years ago and my patient population uh, increase in age, uh, the demographics increased almost 10 to 15 years. So I, I I can offer something to them that really is extraordinary.
0: Right. So when we're talking about the bioactive material specifically, I know that you use in your practice Ceramere, which is a cement. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about that and tell us how that works and how, the, how that differentiates itself from from typical cement that doesn't have that bioactive uh, behavior?
1: Well, we've been using the the serum or cement for a long time, and and particularly it's been extremely helpful. I use a a lot of zirconia restorations, and it's been extremely helpful in the posterior where it's harder to keep things clean. You're dealing with patients that have uh, higher acidity because of uh, gastric uh, reflux and, and, and things like that, but the, the other thing is, and I've, I'm so glad that DOXA has actually come up with a filling material. I do crowns a lot, but I like to preserve two structures so that we don't have to do that. And the thing that I love is that they came out uh, and they were very patient to do the research, but with Ceramur Restore, it has been uh, really, I, I think, a game changer for our practice.
0: So that's a direct restorative. Yes. Um, and how is that used? Is it in any way different than your typical direct restorative composite?
1: Well, the the beauty of that is that I can use a um, an approach where I'm not. I mean, uh, we want to try and isolate as best we possibly can. I have uh, some patients that have very difficult areas to isolate, and to have a a product that is easy to handle. I inject it into the prep, um, whether it's uh, actually restorative or even a temporary, and it gives, it has a, a really nice gel phase that I can inject in there and mold it uh, around the tooth, and I can tell how much time I have to work with it, because as long as it stays bright white, uh, it's easy to mold, and over time, over about five minutes, um, that's when it's game over, and it gives me chance to um, Allow that material to harden up. I don't have to put a varnish on it make the patient come back, which is very difficult because a lot of them can't dry themselves and uh, use a very, very uh, easy um, uh, to polish material. I I use white stones from Meisinger that have all different kinds of shapes. And with patients who have issues with swallowing, when I don't have to uh, polish with a a wet wet protocol, it's easier for them to go through get through the appointment. And the beauty of this—that's that, one of the most amazing things about this product—besides the chemistry—is that you get a very high polish just by polishing in a non-wet fashion. I use a, a, a white stones. I have all different kinds of sh- different shapes of white stones that help me. Let's say a round one for you know polishing an occlusal. But you know, we, I get a lot of class fives that I have to deal with, and uh, uh, I can use a triangle one that really allows me to shape nicely uh, around the gingival margin, and get so, nice contours.
0: So this material, Ceramir Restore, it's obviously a uh, very effective bioactive material, and it performs the types of things that we just talked about, hydroxyapatite formation, et cetera. How is the aesthetics on this material?
1: Well, the fact that it polishes it helps helps the aesthetics quite a bit. Uh, because it's easier to keep it, keep it from staining. Um, I, I have, you know, as, as with the, my older patient population, I'd say that this works beautifully uh, in uh, areas up to the bicuspid area. Um, my patients are rather picky, um, and they understand that at, at, at some point in their life, um, they may have to uh, make some adjustments in order to preserve two structure. And um, I I would like to see uh, Cerebor come up with something that maybe has a a, a higher value shade right now, but we're probably about an A2, uh, A1, depending on how well I blend it. Um, And for a lot of my patients, that's rather acceptable, but I have some patients that, you know, they, they want that Hollywood shade and, uh, we're not quite there yet.
0: Overall, this material is extremely important, as the title states, in high-risk carries patients. Is that what Ceramero Restore was developed for? Was that
1: their originally uh, yeah. ad- original objective? I, absolutely. absolutely, and 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 I really think that this product actually came to the rescue. It, it, it I remember um, testing it uh, last year, and even before we started seeing patients again, and uh, it was great to test it. And then I had that literally in my holster of things that I could use uh, for, for very, very challenging situations. So um, they say timing is everything. And uh, I think that as time goes on, this product will continue to get better. Very, very uh, solid uh, way of taking care of our patients better than ever.
0: Mm-hmm. Docs is a great company. They do great R&D. Um, their PhDs. Yeah, they have incredible staff of PhDs that really understand not only the chemistry, obviously, in the materials, but also the application, the dental application. Um, they understand the environment in the mouth and all the possibilities that could be a detriment towards a successful restoration, which is, you know, recurrent decay and leakage and all sorts of things and they put it all together. And, they, and I've talked to the people at Docs and, and they really have their act together. Um, and it sounds like you as a clinician have used this material long enough to, to see its benefits.
1: I've been bugging them for a while. It's like, God, you got a <laughs> come out with a filling material and, and thankfully they did. And I give, uh, I give docs a lot of credit uh, because there are a lot of companies that will just bring products to the market and maybe you get a little bit of testing uh, and then you get your, I, 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 I just hate to disappoint my patients and it. To, I take it personally when I've got to redo things. Um, but they've been very, very meticulous about, uh, their testing and working with KOLs, uh, that they, they really come up with a terrific product.
0: Yeah. So this is your go-to product pretty much for high risk carries patients, patients that have compliance issues, like you said, dexterity problems, or just. Difficult uh, to get to the office because they need someone to drive them, or just for a number of reasons. Patients that have gingival recession. uh, I guess you use this down on the root area, as you mentioned, for class
1: fives. That's usually my biggest one that I have to deal with. And I I had one yesterday, and a patient I've been seeing since 1988, and it breaks my heart. She's really trying hard to take care of her mouth. And she had these class threes that were like class infinity. They were so big. Hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the decay removal was challenging. And uh, I was able to conveniently, in spite of challenges in isolation, I was able to place some uh, very nice, beautiful, uh, well-sealed restorations that I could look her in the eye and say, you're in, you're in good hands with this material. You're, you're gonna be very pleased with us.
0: Right, yeah. Well, that hydroxyapatite bridge really helps. All right, Dr. Flax, you have a good one. Good luck with your move, and thanks so much for uh, taking the time to do this podcast, and uh, hope, hopefully our audience will look into this material, Ceramere Restore by DOXA, and it surely looks like it has an incredible application in the dental field. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Great spending time with you, Phil, and uh, have a great one. Enjoy, Austin. Thank you.